You're listening to the Creating Resilience podcast with Anne Diamond's Creative Changemaker. I'm passionate about helping clients create calm in their busy lives by having more creative playtime. In each episode, I'll be sharing easy ways to sneak some creativity into your life, whatever it may throw at you. From my own experiences and those of my invited guests, we'll show you how you can overcome any challenge and build your own resilience toolkit. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to another episode of the Creating Resilience podcast. And I'm very excited today to have another male guest on because I seem to have had mostly female guests since I've been doing this in October. And the first male guest was my husband, which doesn't really count, I guess. Um, so today I've got Joe Carney Whitmore, who, who's um, based in Montreal, I believe. And he's an oil painter, illustrator and creative writer originally from Wigan in the UK. And he's lived in quite a lot of places, Poland, Hong Kong, New Zealand. And I just said he, he's based in Montreal. And he's a workshop facilitator, uh, an excellent artist. You check out his, his, his Instagram, he's an amazing artist. And um, he's starting a, a community, a creative community for young men. So I won't say any more because I want Joe to explain it. So welcome, Joe. Hello, thanks very much for having me, Anne. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here and a lovely introduction. So thanks very much. Yeah, you've sold me very well. <laughs> well, um, I, I just, I mean, we connected in a in a sort of networking group called the Fabulous 5%, wasn't it? Yeah, Through Lisa exactly. Johnson. Yeah, it was a free, a free, um, free little work a week a week long workshop actually so yeah we connected yeah. through there and uh, here we are so yeah that's cool. yeah and i love that i love the power of these groups because um people from all sorts of backgrounds and, and business businesses and you know um work can connect on on different levels can't they and they can just say oh yeah. i've got a connection there and we'll just connect i mean absolutely yeah in fact it was recommended to me through um uh, a family member kind of an extended family member which said why don't you, do, you, you give this a go it, it seems like it might be up your alley and um yeah I, I know i'm only starting with this new project now but it's um it's all come from that so yeah i know exactly what you mean about just finding weird things and different connections it's it's amazing yeah and, yeah. and lisa's really good at uh, creating a, a really supportive community as well i've been in a community for a few years now and i've met some really lovely people through it and everyone's um really supportive so it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, tell us a bit more. We're going to Montreal. Yeah. Um, that's quite a transformation <laughs> yeah. show. Do you want to share yeah. a little bit about your journey, how you got there, where you are now? It, yeah, um, it, it's a little bit more complicated than Wigan to Montreal. I mean, I'm from I'm from Wigan, but like you said, I've, I've lived a little bit all over. And uh, over two years ago now, I moved, moved to New Zealand with a friend of mine from university um, to do like a working holiday visa, which is, you know, you just... You're, legal, you're legally able to work and do whatever you want, but kind of spend some time just exploring the country that you're in as well. Um, there I met my partner, Marie, who is French-Canadian. She's from Montreal. And we've now been together for over two years. So we made that decision together as a couple, um, maybe six to eight months ago, a year ago, something like that. So this would be our next stop. And so since, since um, yeah, maybe the back end of last year, we've been planning it. And um, I've been here since March. I've, oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've been learning French for nearly the last two years. So it's, um, it's, it's yeah, a lot of things have changed. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it sounds yeah. like a wonderful journey. What were you doing in New Zealand? Was it creative or was it, what sort of work was it? Um, no, actually, it wasn't really. A lot of the work that I was doing was kind of 
um, outdoorsy, fruit picking, laboring, uh, the, the kind of jobs that you can kind of just pick up really easily without needing to know anybody or have a good CV in that field. And then they don't mind too much if you just move on after a few months. Um, so yeah, we just kind of, we, we, we moved around the country every, few, every, I don't know, four to six months, I would say, doing following the season of the different um, various fruit picking jobs. Because over there in New Zealand, they, they produce pretty much everything themselves. There's very mm-hmm. little that does get imported. They've got um, they got a really great, great climate for all different kinds of fruits and vegetables. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a really good way to make money out there. Amazing. Yeah, we had yeah. a we had a plan to go to New Zealand, Australia um, for a five week family trip two years ago. And obviously that's when the first lockdown mm. happened here in the UK. Yeah, and, I know. Um, we had a yeah. yeah, we planned the whole thing and five weeks all around Australia and New Zealand. And um, sadly, we couldn't go. So what a shame. it's on yeah. the bucket list. So. I, I, I know. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but and it's it, it, yeah, I would definitely recommend New Zealand. It's um, it's great. And to go there for quite a few weeks as well is a good idea because once you get there I think there's just so much to do. I mean everywhere's like that you know but it's it's a really beautiful country yeah, yeah. so you said you, you when you finished when you finished um college or university you went there so what what did you study at university well yeah so I did fine art at university in Leeds um and then it wasn't directly after that but after um I was still in Leeds for a couple of years after university just working I did a bit of support work for people with um, disabilities and um also running a couple of creative workshops through through um that job that I had there working in the various houses um then af- after that yeah I I was in Hong Kong for a little bit and then New Zealand kind of arrived a bit later so I went back to Wigan for a couple of years to save some money and then the friend I mentioned before was like hey do you want to come and do this I know it's a bit random but I'm going to New Zealand for a year so do you fancy doing it and I was like yeah of course um it is that's kind of in my nature, I guess, to just do those things and see what happens. Um, and when we were there, COVID started. So I ended up being there for two and a half years as opposed to oh, one. Wow. So you yeah, see, you were so, tra- trapped in New Zealand during COVID. Yeah, I well, know. Like, quite luckily trapped, to be honest. Like, a lot yeah. of people were saying, you're in the best. I mean, I think we were in the be- one of the better places in the world for COVID. Um, with regards to restrictions anyway, we got, we got our lockdown out of the way pretty quick and the government kept kept the borders shut and I think they're probably still shut now to be honest largely shut um they were super strict about who they were letting in so that meant that the majority of us over there just led pretty normal lives throughout most of COVID or you know the first bit of it anyway. So my understanding was that people people who were there were really well looked after the people who were non-New Zealanders were really well looked after during COVID I mean, yeah, I can speak for myself and the guys that we worked with. I, I would say that our kind of people, people from all over the world doing these working holiday visas were were pretty well looked after because we were providing such an essential service for the country. You know, like it's like I said, a lot of the food is um, is grown in New Zealand. And, yeah. um, you know, it got to the point where a lot of the, the farmers were getting quite desperate because it, it was it was getting to that stage where a lot of the food was going to waste that, you know, that they didn't, didn't have the labor force. And it's the same in, in a lot of countries. I find, you know, people in England don't want to pick apples in the summer. People in New Zealand don't want to go and pick kiwi fruit in the summer or apples or whatever, you know, that it, for them, it's not the kind of work that they want to do. So they, they did really rely on this, this community of backpackers and international people that were here to, you know, just have a bit of fun as well. So, yeah, so definitely. That- so has that influenced your creative practice in any way, the work that you've done? Um, the, the fruit picking, I, 
I don't know. I could say so lo loosely. Like I really do like being outside painting. I like being outside generally. Um, I'm quite happy. That's probably where I'm happiest, you know, just getting on with my own thing outdoors. And at the minute I'm doing a lot of painting outside. So yeah, the landscape in New Zealand, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's kind of like England on steroids or something. I don't really know how to, it's a bit more magnificent, you know, the mountains are bigger and Lord yeah, of the rings. Was, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You, you picture a lot of the rings and you know, that's where you end up. So, um, yeah, definitely. It must have brushed off, but I don't know. I, I wasn't doing much creatively there at the beginning. Um, it was only towards the end of my trip that I started to pick it up again. Yeah. So you're writing a blog about your creative, um, exp about your experiences um, and you're building an online community yeah. to help others with yeah. some life challenges Yeah, definitely. based on your own experience. Do you want to talk a bit more about, about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the blog is, uh, it's still in the process and I've always really enjoyed writing creatively. Um, for myself, I write a lot of poetry and um, just descriptive writing and short stories anyway. So the blog for me is kind of like a way just to kind of uh, bring that all together in a nice tidy place and especially starting this new project now, which is the Creating Sobriety is the name of it. Um, I think it's kind of a nice way just to get on get a bit more of an online presence, you know, and just have everything lumped together in one place instead of just being all over the place in my head instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, they're both very new. They're both in their infancy. And, and um, as we mentioned just before, uh, the the, um, the group on Facebook, Creating Sobriety, has just gone live. So um, that's kind of, yeah, it's been a really nice weight off my shoulders to finally just get it out there. It's I felt like I was kind of keeping a secret from everybody or something. So just to actually put it out there on Facebook has been it's been really cool. Yeah. It takes quite a lot of courage to, to talk about your experiences if you've had um, challenging experiences with alcohol. Yeah, definitely. And it, I, I love the way that you are using that to help others with yeah. challenges. So yeah. what, what sort of inspired you to do that? Well, I, to be honest, I think it's, it's, it's looking back at where I've come from and it, it, I now want to kind of help the kind of people that, that I was you know, two and a half years ago. Um, I've, I've been sober since the middle of March in 2020. So that's over two years now. Yeah, thanks very much. And to, to be honest, the way that I've done it now, it's 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 kind of like a, a different life to me. It doesn't really seem like I'm the same person. So it's not such a big deal anymore, if that kind of makes sense in a weird way. I've, I really yeah. feel like I've, I've conquered it. And, you know, now I've, I've got so much going on that I don't even have to think about whether you know beer or wine or whatever is interesting it's just not anymore so that, now that I'm at the, that place two years a bit more than two years down the line I I don't know I really just feel like well and I know for a fact that there are so many young people who are in that position and it, it, people say it all the time you're always attracted to the things that you love you know and the people that you love are often very similar to you and mm -hmm. if, if I can just help some younger people who finding the world as tricky as I was when I was 18 or 19 or you know even up to mid-20s and it, I don't know I just think it, it could be quite a really a really beautiful thing just to even if it's one or two people it, it's not a numbers game for me I, no. I, I really get a lot from helping people um, personally it, it makes a big difference to my sense of purpose in the life as well you know so well yeah. I, I mean I, I applaud you because I'm I've got an 18 year old and a 15 year old and you know the last two years have been so challenging for them both because 
that's quite a tricky time anyway but with the whole yeah. trauma that came with with the the covid and the lockdown and missing out on so many i guess um rites of passage as a teenager you know like yeah, you know definitely. end of school and exams and all those sort of things have missed out on those experiences and there's a lot of anger and a lot of um mm. a lot of sadness a lot of grief yeah. yeah and a lot of fear as well because they're they don't feel ready to, to to be adults because they haven't had those you know normal yeah. transformational experiences absolutely yeah i think you're spot on to be honest and that's one thing i'm looking not forward to but i'm i'm, I'm aware that that's going to be a big challenge in, in what i'm doing because um like i said i've been in new zealand i'm also i'm not a parent so i whilst I was there in New Zealand I haven't had much connection to people of that age group so it, it, it will be um part of the learning process is kind of getting into that that headspace of what it's like for people who've had to live through being locked up for two years you know and not able to, to get out and do what they've wanted to do so it's you're right yeah I think we will see a massive fallout in, in that in the coming years especially with mental health and um, addiction I, I, I really yeah it's a little bit worrying to be honest but well, for your communities because it seems like it's coming at the right time then so creating sobriety is i guess yeah. trying to um show i mean are you going to you're going to use create your creative practice to to, to, yeah. to work with the people in your community that's the idea yeah um for me now it's it's totally essential to my happiness um whereas before it, it it's always been essential but it was um I don't know it was pushed out of the way by the alcohol I think and that became that just became the thing that I did all the time which um yeah I really understand how possible it is for people to end up there especially after something like this the pandemic for example um so yeah it's it's going to be a space where people can can kind of learn that you know it's not it's not necessary to get wasted every weekend um this kind of drinking culture that we have now is especially in places like england and yeah north america as well and all over actually to be honest it's not even just england anymore in scotland but um i don't know i just feel like now i've got this kind of way of seeing the world a bit differently and and i realize that that there aren't any answers there you know people are looking for something that it's not going to give them any satisfaction in the long run. Um, so yeah, the the idea of the community is to kind of shake people up a bit and make them realise that you know if you're looking for purpose and meaning and a bit of sense in your life, like don't don't turn to these quick fixes that are going to leave you nowhere. Focus your attention on something that you're really passionate about, and um, yeah, you know, just that 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 can that has really helped me so I, I i know you know you know when you've done something and you you, you see how powerful it's been yeah. you know that you're not the only one that it's going to help like you know that you're not special in that way like it's um so yeah i'm really excited about it i, I really believe that it's got a, a lot of potential so it sounds sounds really amazing and and this community is, is uh, from what i read from your from the information you sent me it's for, it's for men for young men is that right and it, yeah um so it, it's targeted for young men um kind of in the way that I talk about it because I am a man myself but um I've decided now since it's gone live that I don't want to fix it down to young men exactly so okay um I've, I've opened it up as a, a, a safe creative space for for young creatives in general okay so anyone um, yeah yeah so it doesn't have to be um, they don't have to be male um you know whatever um yeah yeah we'll see where it goes you know as I said it's still in its infancy 
yeah. I just felt I just felt I had a lot of conversations with myself about you know do I really want to narrow it down so much to start with because I know as a person like I'm I'm equally social with with men and women as someone yeah. who and I find that creative people are a bit like that generally you yeah. know that they are a bit more flexible with the personalities and how they can interact socially so um it, it just seemed a bit not wrong but I felt like I could really help everybody as opposed yeah. to just helping men so for now yeah we've opened I've opened it up to the world <laughs> as long okay. as they're young-ish and creative yeah um oh, I really want to catch catch people in that you know that, that that stage there yeah so how was creativity made you more resilient and how did it help you when you were getting sober um yeah I mean profoundly I would say I don't think there is another way to describe it um I, I'm not gonna lie when I was drinking I, I was still creative but it, it wasn't I, I, I think it must have been a value to me because I have got sketchbooks from that time period and there's so much stuff in there it's like yeah. a, it's like a visual diary to be honest of my mum who's read them you know she can tell like she can just feel my mood throughout them and um yeah she finds it quite tough sometimes because of the content that's in there it's very much yeah. diary, like I said um so it's definitely always been a crutch absolutely um but when I decided to stop drinking it, it took about it took a good year before um I felt ready to really get back into it properly and push it as a as a career which I'm now doing I've been yeah. I've been doing it um full time since the beginning of this year officially um which is great obviously brilliant congratulations yeah yeah but um, there was that little incubation period, I think, between when I started to, well, when I stopped drinking and when I started to, you know, think about, oh, I can actually do what I want now. I've got all this time. I've got all this money. I've yeah. got this this freedom from something that just kept me chained up to, you know, this this kind of sadness. And um, I don't know, the first 12 months were just mind-blowing, really, how, how much my life changed. Um, physically and health-wise and mentally it's just um yeah it's incredible that's amazing and you know going back to what you were saying about creating this community to, to enable people to experience you know support using yeah. creativity in many many of the many people's cases that the only thing they know is going out and getting smashed at the weekend because that's the culture they've lived in and i've i've done a lot of well my, my work is based around well-being and and creativity um yeah. I used to be something called a health connector, which was um, like a health coach. And, you know, it's really tough for people who their social circle is basically going to the pub or going out and getting drinking. And if you, if you say you're not drinking, you know, as a female, they'll say, oh, well, you're pregnant or why aren't you drinking? Thankfully, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. um, I'm past that age now, so nobody will ask me that yeah. question. But, yeah. um, <laughs> um, but it's really, you have to sort of justify not um, drinking alcohol and it's yeah. really challenging for somebody who's if, if you are you know struggling or or, yeah. or trying to trying to find the willpower to to, to change how, how yeah. you you know um live your life yeah because the culture and, and and a lot of your friendships are based on that culture aren't they yeah absolutely um that 100 and that's why it is so tricky it's just people think you're weird don't they if you don't drink um yeah or boring a boring yeah weird boring and just yeah. um thankfully now I'm at that stage where um it, it's not an issue for me I have that confidence and um the way that I socialize has changed quite a lot to be honest and the people that I hang around with definitely um, yes you've changed you've changed the, the, your social group a little bit then 
you just naturally it has done yeah. yeah because you quickly realize like who your real friends are and who who aren't you know and, yeah and this is something that's said in a lot of the developed programs like your AA as well you know but also yeah. just generally people that get sober they say it's true you know anybody who's not supportive of you just they don't have any place in my in my life anymore and that's fine you know it, it, I'm happy to take that that hit um because my life is so much better than it was the, the the problem is now like you said it's when people are trying to get going they're trying to build up that momentum and that yeah. that's the really tricky part and it was for me as well because um in, in New Zealand when I was uh, when I first arrived and um I was still drinking a lot then you know like daily um everywhere I chose to live uh, was like a party hostel so you know I was putting myself in these positions and yeah you know that's the kind of that's the vibe of those places like people they do what they do work there but they're, they're there for the social aspects and that revolves around drinking yeah and having fun with alcohol and drugs and partying you know so it's like it, it's it, I, I can appreciate how hard it is because even though I knew I had a problem I was still looking for every you know the party hostel in every every city that I ended up yeah. moving to or every town it's like if there was a boring hostel or boring because you know I'm doing the air quotes now it's boring <laughs> yeah it's, it's an audio so don't <laughs> yeah, worry no, about that you yeah, can't see <laughs> you know the the but what I would have thought were boring hostels because people didn't drink and you know were socializing in in non-destructive ways <laughs> you know I, I would never have chosen to gone there but now yeah. I realize how different it can be you know um yeah, so it's tricky, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite, uh, without sharing too much, it's quite a sensitive subject to me because I, I was brought up as an alcoholic parent and um, right. a lot of childhood trauma from that. But I'm, I'm in a band with my husband and we, we do a lot of um, gigs, you know, we go to a lot of festivals and we do a lot of gigs and it's just accepted that you have, you know, drinks when you, yeah. but we, we know, being, I'm doing air quotes now, professionals, <laughs> we, um, <laughs> We don't drink before we perform. Maybe have one pint because we can't. You know, you can't. We we can't perform under the influence because we want to yeah. put on a good show. And um, thankfully, most of the time we're driving, so yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. one pint yeah. is probably about as much as we'll have, or maybe two if we're there all night. But um, yeah. obviously, not condoning drink driving in any way. But no. um, you know, the amount of adrenaline and energy that you use, you do metabolise an awful lot. So. Um, <laughs> There's nothing left yeah. in the system by the time you've finished. No, so I can't imagine. Um, yeah, it's 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 become, you know, part of the creatives in that sense and performers. You know, quite a lot of performers struggle with that yeah. because that is their that is the culture. As you go, you know, you go and relax afterwards with a, the way of relaxing is to go and drink alcohol or yeah. other self medication. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So um, this is creative resilience podcast you've shared so much today thank you so much for for your you know sharing your your story and and the wonderful work that you're planning as well um i always ask our guests for a top tip about introducing more creativity into our lives so to make us more resilient so do you have a, a top tip joe yeah that's a it's a really good question actually um for, yeah, I would say maybe specifically for people that are struggling, like we've talked about. So I'll, I'll maybe like niche it down a bit to, you know, a community that I can relate to. Um, is I don't know. I, it, it maybe it sounds a bit cheesy, but just keep it going. What you know, whatever is going on, um, 
and you use it as a as a tool, you know, and 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 think a lot of the sketchbooks that I had, that the work I was putting in there was not very good, to be honest. A lot of the time, I was drunk or like really hungover when I was trying to make art, but I still did it, and it was still um, a part of a little part of routine that I, I had in my life, even though mostly I didn't have any routine whatsoever. So. I think that would maybe be the suggestion is to um, think about bringing a bit of routine and structure into your life with your creativity. Um, because I, I mean, now I'm such a big believer in routine in general. My life is very structured. And actually, I think kind of weirdly, it's it's given me a lot more freedom to be so structured in my um, routine, sleep pattern. What I eat is very structured as well. And um just the things that I get up to on a weekly basis. So I'm a big believer in routine and habit and forming habits. And I think um, as difficult as it can be for someone who's struggling with um, drink or drugs, that, that there is always a way to introduce a little bit of routine. Um, and I think you've got to start small. You've got to start with baby steps. Um, I would recommend maybe just first thing you do when you wake up, that's it's, you can always catch yourself first thing, you know, before you before you go off the rails. Um, I mm -hmm. think that's always a good time just to knuckle down, like have a little sketchbook or a diary next to your bed. You know, don't don't give yourself that excuse. Um, to do that brain dump in the morning, just the first thing, yeah, write just, your dreams down or oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't so have to be really anything special, you know. It's like um, I think. It, from personal experience i can say like once once the day starts in a bad way it very rarely ends in a good way you know and even now it's tricky being completely sober you know to to get your head in that space of positivity after you've started and a space of negativity it's it's tricky so i think yeah for me the the morning the routine in the morning is is essential to um having good flow yeah definitely that's amazing i mean obviously you you'll be aware of julia cameron's artist way and that that is you know her i mean she she's had some other she had some other um journey with alcohol as well didn't she so um yeah, I, I believe so. so so i mean her her mantra about daily pages you know just writing the first first three write three pages every day and you don't know and, and actually the rule is that you don't have to read it back just like write mm. it and yeah. don't actually nobody yeah. else has to see it just write what's yeah. in your head and get those thoughts untangled before you get out of bed before you get yeah. up in the morning that Absolutely. is a really healthy because um quite a lot of the time we don't allow ourselves to see what we're thinking do we no it's 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 true especially now you know everyone's like on autopilot a lot of the time and um the first thing they do when they wake up is they reach for the phone and check the social media and that's another thing i'll say to anyone who's listening who's who's young is like don't do that you know like there is I, I do believe in a bit of tough, tough love as well, to be honest, to, with anybody of any age and any like any difficulties they're having. Like you do have to be a bit tough at times. So just, I would say don't do it. Just full stop. There, there is no no reason to do that. Just give it an hour at least before you decide to yeah. use your phone. Um, I don't even like having it in the room anymore. It, I, I do for my alarm, but it's not like I'm using it. You know, it's um yeah, charge it up somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I'd say just think about it and actually put in some it's, it's a bit of hard work you know but it's so rewarding just to have that space in the morning to to do something a little bit creative yeah definitely that's a, 
Well, that's a brilliant tip. Thanks, Joe. I, I need to follow that myself, actually. Yeah. I, I do try, yeah. but sometimes yeah. I just get out of habit. But, you know, yeah. the, the, I think the key to this is doing your best. And if you, if you don't follow it every day, don't beat yourself up about it, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like... It, that, that, yeah that's what I'm going to be all about as well you know it's you can't be perfect all the time and that's the kind of person I want to present myself as with this project it, you know I want to humanize who I am to people who maybe want to be a bit like me now that I'm you know sober and yeah. I know that in the past I've, I've I went to like the, the free counseling services that you know you have around your local towns and cities and um I don't know. I always felt like it would a disconnect from them because of that professional barrier. And, you know, there were, there were younger people that worked there and they maybe did have piercings or they were creative or they had dyed hair, you know, it's not like yeah. they're all very formal and wearing suits or anything, but it's still, there's a lot of paperwork, you know, you have to turn up on time, you have to answer questions very your patient activation score and your engagement <laughs> score and yeah I know yeah, I've done that I've yeah, been there done that yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> both sides yeah. Yeah, in the patient yeah. and the and the coach yeah yeah that's that's it you know um I, obviously again those services are great you know I just think that there are there needs to be alternatives as well because it, I, I know that when I was struggling the people that I looked up to were those creative um people or musicians like you said before and it's just yeah. a shame that so many of them have these incredibly destructive lifestyles that people young people especially want to emulate you know it's like mm -hmm. okay I'm going to be a rock and roll star what am I going to do right that means I've got to have five pints before I go on stage I've got to have five pints after I've been on stage and then we've got to go to the house party we've got to do loads of drugs and then we've got to stay up to see the sunrise you know and that's like the formula to becoming successful in the world of rock and roll and, and sadly it's not really a a recipe for success it's um it's a bit it of doesn't do you much good it doesn't no, do you much exactly. good no no i live in glastonbury so i'm surrounded by a lot oh, of people yeah. who like to go and look at the tour and yeah. see the sunrise and yeah, um definitely, definitely yeah but there's a there's a there's a oh, we can go on for hours about this there's a social media side to people and there's a private side to people and um yeah. thankfully i know quite a lot of people in the in the sort of forming it arena and you know there's a there's a public persona and there's a private persona and unfortunately sometimes people think the public persona is the is what they do all the time and it's not yeah yeah so. that's really true as well actually i never thought about it in that way it doesn't even have to be revolving around um drink or drugs does it it's just like this on stage like before it's a, it is it's it's a, a performance. performance yeah you, you yeah, kind of forget that don't you yeah. and um yeah you know yeah yeah so um how can how can the listeners find you and and all yeah, your wonderful work and see your artwork definitely so firstly the the art which is always ongoing um, i am working now as a full-time artist like we said so you can check me out on instagram at my full name which is joe kindly whitmore um that's probably the, the, the place I'm, I'm using mostly to be honest um otherwise facebook uh, if you're using it is joe kindly whitmore art um, I've got a Facebook page, which is also updated regularly. The website is in the process, but it's also going to be my full name. So keep your eyes out for that one. Um, and yeah, secondly is the, the, the new project, which we discussed, which I'm, I'm really excited about. And I think now that the creative, um, the, the artwork is kind of keeping itself going. This is where most of my energy is going to be, going yeah. to be put. Um, so yeah, that's called creating sobriety. 
um, we're on uh, Instagram and I've got a free Facebook group, which is actually where I'm going to put most of the attention because I feel like Instagram, although it's useful, it can be a bit cold at times and it's, it's a bit it's hard, hard to build. build a community, isn't it? Yeah, I'm learning that really quickly, especially with my art practice. So um, if anyone is interested, come and check me out on um, Facebook. The group is yeah creating sobriety and it, it's really new at the moment. I've got three people in there at the time of recording. So they're getting all get my bigger. attention. Yeah, that's the thing is, like I said, you know, it's um, if anyone joins now and there's, you know, there's only five of us in there, it's a perfect opportunity for them to pick my brains about everything and anything you know so i'm really excited about the small stages as well because i feel like i can have a lot more one-to-one -one time with people so um yeah we'll have to see what comes but i'm really excited about this new project especially yeah amazing well i look forward to seeing you succeeding and seeing more people being supported because even so with the social prescribing work that i've been doing even if you change one life that's so yeah. satisfying you know you can see one person whose life's been changed just by having access to some creative time then yeah. that that is such you get more job satisfaction than that than selling a painting or oh, yeah, I, you know yeah. what I mean it's uh, uh, yeah ab absolutely yeah and it's just that knock-on effect as well you, you don't know where the ball's going to keep rolling after afterwards like yeah. you know now that I'm here and I can help people maybe someone else will be where I am in a few years and decide they want to help people I, I don't think any bad can come from even just starting small to change the world you know and and then the biggest the biggest thing from what you've been sharing today and and all the all the mental health stuff that i do with the various projects i'm involved in is smashing the stigma it's about having these yeah. conversations and talking about it so people aren't frightened or shamed or guilt or feel yeah. guilty about talking about or embarrassed no, about talking about not. it or even think oh actually i might like to try that because it might be good for yeah. me yeah just come out and realize that like most people these days have got everyone's got problems and mm -hmm. i think the more the more the more that i started to talk about mine with just being open and honest generally with people um i think yeah that really really helps just brilliant. to feel more comfortable so yeah definitely brilliant well thank you so much for coming on today joe i know um the time difference means it's quite early in the morning for you when recording this yeah. so i appreciate yeah. that on a saturday morning so <laughs> Um, no Thanks so much. And um, so yeah, it's it's at Joe Kiney Whitmore and it's Joe Kiney Whitmore Art. But I'll share all the links in the show notes and yeah. your groups at Creating Underscore Sobriety and the Facebook group is Creating Sobriety. So yeah, 100%. yeah. Okay, wonderful Thanks to so meet much. you. Yeah, and, thank you. Um, I hope it goes well. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye. Thanks. So that's all for this time. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and please share with anyone you know who might benefit from hearing what we discussed today. If you want to find out more about how I can help you create change in your life and discover more creative ways to living and working well, you can check out my website at www.worksafeandwell.co.uk where you can read the weekly blog posts and book a free Power Hour Discovery Call. You can also download a free guide to taming your stress triggers from the website at worksafeandwell.co.uk forward slash overwhelmed hyphen and hyphen stressed. For all the links to my creative work, look up my Linktree link forward slash Anne Diamond Artist. I also run a private Facebook Beat Burnout support group. The links to that and all the other ones mentioned here are in the show notes below. Until next time, stay safe and well and keep creating.